You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at winsboro.church. If y'all would, please bow with me as we get started. Father God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. Uh, we thank you for this time we've had to worship you, to gather around your table, God, and just uh, praise your name. Father, right now as we open up your word, I pray that we will uh, come to it with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, Father, to hear what it is you want us to hear, uh, may we humble ourselves and may we always be looking to become more like your son. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> if you've been with us the last few weeks or the last couple months, uh, you'll know that we've been on a series that I've titled Church of Christ. Uh, and to be clear, this is not some deep theological uh, series or anything like that, but it's more how can we look at who we are and what we are doing here as the Winsboro Church of Christ, and what can we aspire to be like. And so last week we talked about how we are forgiven through Christ, and that idea of it is important for us to know that we are forgiven. If you don't know whether you're forgiven, that's something you ought to seek out. If you do know you're forgiven, and then that, that leads to something else entirely. It leads into how you ought to be forgiving others as you have been forgiven. And I challenged you last week to write down a name, a name of somebody who maybe you need to forgive. Maybe it's hard for you to forgive. I want to challenge you to continue to pray for that person. Continue to pray that God will allow you to forgive them, but also, if you need help forgiving them, that you can seek out wise counsel in doing that. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten uh, from somebody was on how to actually forgive and move past something that has, has come in between me and another person. And I really, I just really pray that you will continue to do that. This week, as we've talked about forgiveness through Christ and how we are forgiven through Him, this week we're talking about becoming like Christ. And so I want to start with a statement that may kind of put you at, at edge, I guess. Stay with me. We'll get there. This statement is, as Christians, heaven is not our main goal. As Christians, heaven is not our main goal. Let me be clear on that. For everyone in the world that is lost, heaven ought to be a goal. But for us as, as Christians, I believe Scripture is very clear. Heaven is not a goal, it is a reward. Heaven is not our goal, it is something that we have a citizenship in. It's something that we know is coming, and it's, in some ways we're praying that it's already here. But heaven is not the thing that we seek after. I don't do what I do in my daily life just so that I can get to heaven. No, as Christians, our goal ought to be becoming like Christ. It ought to be that I want to be more and more like Christ each and every day. And it starts with today. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And I want to be clear on this. None of us are perfect and ultimately none of us may ever be perfect in this life. That's for sure. So don't think that I'm saying you got to be perfect, although Scripture would say be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. So I want us to look at this idea of what does it mean to become like Christ? And to help us out, I've got two movie clips and a story from a book. So hold me to that. i got two movie clips for you and a story from a book. We're going to start with this first movie clip. It comes from my favorite scene from a classic 1998 film called A Bug's Life. All right, I don't know if you're Disney Pixar fans, uh, but this is easily one of my favorite uh, characters in all of Disney Pixar. It's a caterpillar named Heimlich. 
This caterpillar, he's pretty overweight, I'll be honest. And all throughout the movie, he's talking about how one day he's going to be a beautiful butterfly, all right? So let's see. This is towards the end of the movie. Let's watch and see what happens to Heimlich. So, I don't know if you could hear what he was saying there, but he said, I am a beautiful butterfly. And they said, you got to fly, Heimlich. And he said, I am flying, and from way up here, you all look like little ants. Hilarious. But as you can see, Heimlich himself is not really much different from what he was before. Heimlich became a butterfly, sure, but you really couldn't tell it. I think that's what happens so often for us when we give our lives to Christ. We take his name, we become a Christian. Yet we see it time and again that from the outside looking in, nothing's changed. We even might think of ourselves as being different. I don't think that's wrong. But we remain our old selves. We, we hold on to all the other things that we've always done and we claim Christ and we accept that forgiveness of our sins, but yet we don't actually go and make Jesus our Lord. We don't choose to become more like him every day. Like Heimlich, we don't seem much different. And that doesn't mean that we don't see ourselves that way. You know, we can get in this habit where we look past all of our flaws and we only look to the good that Christ has done for us. We're a better person. We, we don't do as many bad things throughout a day. We make sure to go to church and we, and we give to the church and that's good. But ultimately, we're blind to the fact that from the outside looking in, we're not that much different. Others of us, we recognize that we haven't really changed. We see that. Maybe it's because before we came to Christ, we really weren't that bad of people, right? I lived my life growing up going to church. I told you, before I became baptized, the biggest thing that I had in my life was cussing in seventh grade. That was my big sin that I needed forgiveness of. And from worldly standards, that doesn't seem nearly as bad as a lot of the other stuff that I've since done. And so I tell myself, man, I'm really, I don't need to change that much, do I, Jesus? I just need forgiveness for the bad stuff I've done. But really, we do need to change. And even still, we recognize on a deeper level that we don't look much more like Christ in our day-to-day lives than we did before we ever came to Him. On a day-to-day basis, we don't make many different decisions than we made prior to coming to Him. And so, I'm talking about not only our actions and Whenever I say we don't look like Christ, I'm saying the things you do, the words we speak, the thoughts that we have, and even, dare I say, our aspirations or goals that we set in our own life. Are our aspirations as Christians the exact same as those of the people in the world? That's one for me to think about for sure. Still, some of us understand fully, although we've become Christians, we've stopped becoming more like Christ. And so with that, I have good news and I have bad news. On this endeavor to become more like Jesus, there's good news and there's bad news. Which do you want first? I'm going to give you the good. We'll hold off on the bad. The good news is this. It's not all up to you. In your journey to become more like Christ, it is not all up to you. That's good news. Because boy, if it's up to me, it's probably not happening. From our, our passage we read earlier, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, 
are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Did you catch that? It didn't say that we're doing all of this on our own. It didn't say that I'm going to be a better person. It said, no, as we behold the face of Jesus, we see that glory, we are being transformed. It's not all on us. We come to God and He does the work of transformation. But not only that, we're being transformed into the same exact image. I don't know if you read my bulletin article, but this idea of how, how can we be free if we're all becoming the same person? It's all, we're all becoming Jesus here. And it's not going to look exactly the same, but we're becoming the image of Christ in this world. And that, to me, is super freeing. That is so much more freeing than having to go through the rat race of life and become the things that I want to be or what my friends and family want me to be. No, instead, I come to Christ and I say, I can't do this on my own. I want to be like Him. And that's what unifies us. As a people, we come together and we say, we're putting ourselves aside. And we're going to choose to follow after Him. And this is the coolest part. From one degree of glory to another. That is incredible news. Because what that says is that I'm at a different place than you are. And you're at a different place from the person next to you, and the person next to them, and the person next to them. We're all being transformed from one degree of glory to another. That every single day, like the song we sang, every single day I become closer to the image of Christ. And it's okay if my brother or sister in Christ isn't to where I am yet. And it's okay if I'm not to where one of our shepherds is. It's okay if I'm not to where somebody might think I ought to be. The important thing is that I go to Christ daily and I am being transformed into His image. And then fourth, this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I believe this scripture right here alone puts that entire idea of walking by the Spirit in an entirely different light. God is the one who transforms you. God is the one who's doing this work in you to become like Christ. Now for the bad news. It's not on you. God does it. But it probably won't feel good. I want to make sure you heard that. It probably won't feel good when this transformation starts taking place. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. A lot of this transformation process is not fun. It's not something we'll enjoy. Proverbs chapter 3 puts it this way. Starting in verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. That's how he transforms us. That's how we know whether we're on track or not. Discipline's a word that we don't really like to talk about much, right? I don't like to be disciplined. As I grow older, I certainly don't like to be disciplined, right? I like to do things my way. 
I've never met a person who thought that they were always wrong. I'll put it that way. God says, don't despise my discipline. It's through that discipline, it's through the trials of life that we see that we grow into becoming more like Christ. And that discipline is not easy. That discipline doesn't always feel good. One of my favorite authors is a guy by the name of C.S. Lewis. You've probably heard of him. He has a series called The Chronicles of Narnia. It became a movie or probably like three or four movies. I don't know. Kind of lost track. But in one of those uh, books called The Voyage of the Dawn Shredder, there's this character named Eustace. And this character named Eustace is just some little arrogant punk kid, right? He makes a lot of trouble for the other main characters, Edmund and Lucy. He's extremely self-centered. And he's just an all-around kind of annoying, annoying little kid, right? And this Eustace guy, at one of the islands that they go to, he goes into a dragon's cave, and he finds this treasure, and he gets greedy. And so Eustace goes, and he, he's all in the treasure and everything, and he finds this golden bracelet, and he puts it on his wrist. And what happens is he falls asleep, and when he wakes up, this Eustace, this kid, becomes this terrifying dragon. And this terrifying dragon still has that gold bracelet on its, on its leg, which it's now way too big for. And it hurts. It's painful. And he wants to change. He wants to become a boy again because although it's kind of cool at first that he's this huge dragon, right? Like who's going to mess with him? Who's going to ever pick on him again? Who's going to call him annoying, right? He realizes that he's separated from the other humans. He's separated from people that he loves. And he wants to come back and be a boy again. And then the character Aslan, which is a big lion if you know the books or the movies. Aslan comes and he, he leads Eustace to this large well, this beautiful pool of water. Eustace describes it as, as smooth and clear and just so calming and refreshing looking. And he looks at it and he thinks, man, maybe that might relieve some of the pain that this bracelet is causing me. Maybe that just might soothe some of the pain that I'm having. Kind of like whenever you get home from a long day's work, maybe you go take a bath or take a hot shower, right? It's refreshing. And this is what Eustace wants. But Aslan tells him, he says, you have to undress first. So Eustace starts to, to, to just rip off these scales. He starts tearing away the scales that are on him, this dragon that wants to be a boy again. He starts ripping them. And two or three times he's ripping these scales off, but nothing's working. He is still fully a dragon, fully covered in scales. Later on, as Eustace is telling the story to Edmund, he says this, Then the lion said, but I don't know if it spoke, You will have to let me undress you. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate. So I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. And now, if you would, I want to read a small excerpt from what he says here. <clears throat> Eustace says, The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I have ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked the scab of a sore place, it hurts like billy-o, but... It is such fun to see it coming away. I know exactly what you mean, said Edmund. 
Well, he peeled the, the beastly stuff right off just as I thought I'd done it myself the other three times, only they hadn't hurt. And there was I, as smooth and soft as peeled switch and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much, for I was very tender underneath now that I had no skin on. And threw me into the water. It smarted, which, that's a word I found out means hurt. Y'all knew that. Anyway, it smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious, and as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm. And then I saw why. I turned into a boy again. C.S. Lewis was certainly a Christian. He knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote that. It hurts when you begin the process of becoming like Christ. And dare I say, it hurts as you continue that process. Because the more you become like Christ, the deeper it goes, and the more into your life and your history and the things that you struggle with, the deeper it gets. Because God is transforming us into a new creation, and that is the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. But the question is, what keeps you from becoming like Christ? What stops you from allowing this process to happen? What keeps you at just having those little tiny wings on your back saying, I'm a butterfly? What allows you to fully change to be more like Jesus? I think one thing that keeps you from doing this is you believe the lie that it's all up to you. We believe the lie that it is all up to us to become like Christ because Everywhere else in our life, it is up to us. And every, maybe it's because we don't want to be disciplined. It's not fun. It's going to hurt. But maybe, just maybe, we allow the world to get in the way and stop us from growing. We allow worldly fears and the factors of this world to keep us from actually coming and beholding Christ for who He truly is. And so God doesn't even have the opportunity to work in us because we won't come to Him. We won't lay flat on our backs in the grass and allow Him to start peeling it away. I still owe you one more movie clip. This one, I imagine, needs very little introduction. It's from the 1939 motion picture, The Wizard of Oz. I want you to do something for me as we, as we watch this, though. I want you to place yourself in the character of the Tin Man. And I want you to think about what it is like for you as a Christian. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. And maybe you've been working hard to become more like Christ or to do the good, good things that He's called you to do. But let's watch this clip and see if you can relate in any way. Dorothy asks, how did you ever get this way? How in the world did you get to a place where becoming like Christ stopped being of any importance? How did you ever get to a place where you just started doing kind of the bare minimum? You stopped trying to improve and allow Christ to work in you to make you more like Him. Why did you stop growing? And Tim Man says, about a year ago I was chopping that tree. I've been doing the good work before. I've tried, man. I've volunteered a lot of hours. I'll tell you what, things just started weighing me down. Life hit me hard. 
right whenever I was trying to do the most good. I tried to be more like Christ, and then, boy, did it start to rain. Tim Man says it started to rain, and right in the middle of a chop, I rusted solid, and I've been that way ever since. I was trying to continue. I was trying to do the good that has been set before me to become more like Jesus, but then it all stopped. Life caused me to slow down almost to a standstill. Ever since then, I don't really know if I can get going again, at least not on my own. Have you ever seen your faith grow stagnant? Maybe it's there this morning. I don't know. Have you ever seen your faith come to a standstill to where you want to keep doing good, but life's hit you so hard that you just don't even know if you can get going again? On our journey to Christ, have you rusted to where you're just frozen? If so, the question is, how do you get that needle moving forward again? How do you take that needle that's frozen and just rusted solid to get moving in the right direction? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. For the good news, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. The good news is, it's not all on you. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your, your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are His workmanship. You have been saved by grace through faith, and it's not your own doing. Christ has made you whole again. But the process of becoming like Christ is about doing these good works, and that's where the bad news comes in. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be trials in this world. And I'll be honest with you, I'm in the same boat you are. It's not easy. Just because we're ministers or deacons or elders doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, sometimes it feels like it's harder than ever. But I remember, it's not all up to me. I have to remember that. Because if I ever get to the place that I think that becoming more like Christ and doing the good works that he set out for me is all hindering on me and what I can do, it's not going to go too well. The times I get stuck, I miss out on reading my Bible daily. I miss out on praying fervently for those who are in need. And it's easy to become distant from the rest of what's going on. It's easy to become distant from becoming more like Christ and just to go through the motions like we always have. I'll be honest, it's very easy even to hide in plain sight. It's easy to cover it up. But to the rest of the world, do you you look any different? 
Are you looking more like Christ every single day? Or do you still look like the rest of the world? If you still look like the rest of the world, you're not alone. (laughs) There's a lot of us here that I guarantee you would admit to that too. If that is you, we want to help you. If you're stuck or you haven't even started this journey, you haven't given your life to Christ, then we are here for that very reason. We're here for you. We're here for you to become more like Christ. Someone here might just have that oil can to get you going again. Someone here might have a word of encouragement or might be able to pray for you as you start becoming more like Christ again. Maybe your citizenship isn't in heaven, though. Maybe that still is your goal. I want to be clear, we're here for that as well. To give your life to Christ, to be forgiven of your sins, and to start that journey of becoming more like Christ. But for the Christians that are here today, I want to read one more time from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are becoming transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. If you're struggling to become more like Christ, if you're struggling, you've been at one degree of glory and you just can't seem to get to that next one, Don't think you have to do it in a day. But recognize that it starts with today. Every single day you have the opportunity to come before Christ to allow Him to do good work in you and to empower you to go and do the good work that we were created to do. If you have a need this morning, if you need to obey the gospel, or if you just need prayers to become more like Christ and to help you to not be stagnant any longer, we want to help you. Whatever your need may be, we ask that you come as we stand and as we sing.